Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So with the metta practice, we'll start where it's easiest. And even where it seems to be easiest, sometimes it's not easiest. So then we'll throw in a few other helpful techniques to try to help make it easier. So today we started with uh, practicing with yourself and then with a benefactor who is someone who uh, it's very easy to feel a sense of well-wishing towards. And oftentimes that's also someone who has had a sense of well-wishing towards us. So benefactor is kind of a strange word. You probably don't use it that much in uh, English, but like a mentor, teacher, parent, grandparent, sometimes. And then as the days go on, we'll actually expand to include other categories. So after that, we'll do the friend, who's someone you have maybe, you like them, but sometimes little issues. Then we'll do the neutral person, someone you don't know that well, so you don't think about them that much, either positively or negatively. And then finally, we'll go to the difficult person. So someone there's some sense of antipathy towards or uh, negativity towards. But for now, we'll stick in the realm of yourself, who certainly can move between all those categories, depending on the day, Uh, and the one who's easiest. So theoretically, the self would also be easy. But if that's not the case, then start with the benefactor or whoever the other else one is, and then shift yourself. One uh, technique that I like to suggest today that can sometimes help you to access metta in general and particularly metta for the self is to intentionally reflect on some of your own wholesome qualities. So reflecting on your own goodness. It's not a normal thing that we do that much, but it's a really helpful thing to do in general, or for this practice. And we're not reflecting on it in an arrogant way, like we're better than someone else because of this, but just recognizing that all of us have positive qualities. It could be kindness, compassion, generosity, our honesty, our integrity, our patience, determination, It could be even more mundane ways of saying it, like that we're a good friend, that we're a caring uncle or aunt, and that we have certain qualities associated with that. So I want you all to spend a few minutes now, and if it helps you get close your eyes, to try to connect with some of your own positive qualities, your own goodness. And if it's too hard in the abstract, you can try to remember particular things that maybe you did. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It could be just a small time that you helped someone or 
even here held the door for someone, smiled at someone. Or it could be recognizing even the broader scope of your life, if you've dedicated your life to doing good things. mind is kicking up some counterexamples. You can just let those go for the moment. And come back again to reflecting on your own goodness. If you're stumped, you can even remember that you chose to go on a nine-day metta retreat. It's actually a very, very wholesome human activity. Very good thing to do with your time. So hopefully this can allow you to access some sense of connection and love for yourself, appreciation for these qualities. So then having allowed your heart to open in this way, can begin connecting with your own wishes for yourself. With each one, just taking each metta phrase with as much sincerity as you can, and then just letting it go. May I be peaceful and happy. May I be strong and healthy. May I be safe. May I live with ease. May I be peaceful and happy. May I be strong and healthy. May I be safe. May I live with ease.
So you can continue with those phrases or with any phrases that work best for you. And also you can continue at the pace that helps you to connect best with the sense of well-wishing for yourself. Notice if your attention has drifted off. Whenever that's the case, you can just gently bring it back again with as much kindness as possible. And just connect again with your own heart, your sense of well-wishing for yourself. You can always begin again as many times as you need to. Sometimes people have a hard time connecting with the metta for themselves in this way. So we can try another technique that will get a little help from our benefactors. So some people also were saying they had a difficult time choosing one. And in this practice that I'll offer now, you can actually invite multiple in. So you don't need to leave them out. So you can imagine yourself in a beautiful garden. In the garden there can be a fountain and all kinds of beautiful flowers.
can get some help from their metta practice by inviting in people who you think have a sense of well-wishing towards you. So this could be teachers from your past, could be relatives or siblings. People with whom you feel like you have a pretty uncomplicated relationship. You have a sense that they wish you well, whether that's about health or well-being, your job, safety. So imagine that they'll come into your garden and they'll stand in a circle around you. You can imagine that each of them will step forward and say their will wishes for you. Whatever those might be in your imagination. May you be happy and successful. May you be healthy and thrive. May you live a life filled with love. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you care for yourself joyfully. Imagine each one of the people stepping forward and saying their wishes to you and you receive them in your heart. Just allow yourself to feel the metta coming from these well wishes.
So just letting each one step forward, saying their wishes and receiving them. If you find yourself getting caught up in stories about it, you try to let that go, come back again to the circle and sense of well-wishing. If it's come to a place where the circle is complete, then you can take a turn of offering something to them in an act of loving kindness, a gesture of your metta. So you can imagine in this beautiful garden, you can find something to give them. Could be a bouquet of flowers, could be a nice cool drink from the fountain, do something beautiful that they would enjoy. So just connecting to your heart, you can imagine yourself offering each of these people a beautiful gift. And allow yourself to connect with the sense of your heart as you're giving this sense of well-wishing, of metta. So offering to each one the bouquet of flowers or the gift from the garden that would be the best for them. The garden is full of abundance, so you have plenty to offer. The offering can be made just as it is, or if you like, you can imagine with words what you might say to them. 
So if there is some phrase of well-wishing that you would like to say to them as you offer them this beautiful gift, you can see what that is. It could be the same one they said to you or just something different. Whatever sincerely comes from your own heart. If you've finished exchanging offerings, you can just imagine yourself in this circle held by the love of all of these people from all the different times of your life. All the different relationships. feel the sense of well-wishing and love that you feel back. And 
Allow yourself to see all the things that they see in you. All of the good qualities, all of the potential, all of the worthiness and beauty. and rest in that circle of love. Or if you like, you can try again with well-wishing for yourself in first person. Now that you've connected with all of these good wishes. May I be peaceful and happy. be strong and healthy. May I be safe from harm. May I take care of myself with joy. be peaceful and happy. May I be strong and healthy. May I be safe from harm. care for myself with joy.
So the practice of reflecting on your own goodness is one that you could do uh, anytime at the beginning of a sitting. Uh, in fact, you could do it before every sitting if that's helpful, uh, or just when you feel yourself losing connection. And then the other practice, the more visual practice, is one that I learned from uh, through the teachings of Ayakima, the German nun uh, who has passed away. But he likes to do these very visual metta, where uh, in different ones the heart is a garden, or there's a fountain, or a jewelry chest, or you know, fill in the blank. Like you can do creative ones, and then you're offering something to the people who come as an like, act of metta. So for some people who are very visual, this kind of metta resonates a lot, and sometimes even more than the one with the phrases and the words. If it's helpful for you, you can try it and use that one. A different of these techniques uh, have different, uh, you could say, effects or ways of developing the mind. So with this purely visual one, sometimes it can be a little easier to get lost in a story or like major motion picture uh, of what's happening in your garden or the people or, you know. So it's good to keep an eye out for that. So something uh, helpful about the technique of using the phrases is that it becomes more obvious when you drift because there's something that keeps you, a sort of rhythm uh, of the practice that helps you to stay connected to it. Somewhat similar to the walking back and forth, you know, hit the end of the path. It helps you notice if you've been drifted the whole time, right? As opposed to if you were just going for a walk. But still with the metta, particularly for the beginning of being able to connect just with that sense of well-wishing, that sense of connection to yourself or to others, uh, you can be very creative in this way, you know, to help yourself have some contact with uh, what is this feeling of metta, right? What is this intention of metta? And a lot of the, the practice that we do here in this week is a great field for learning about even just what is love, what is kindness? You know, what, is the, what are the different varieties there are between the kind of love that has like attachment or conditions there or limitations uh, or agendas? And when is there actually that sense of unconditional love? Of, uh, my, one of my favorite translations for metta is the force of unstoppable friendliness. Yeah. <coughs> so regardless of what the other deals up, or does or doesn't do, uh, then the strength of friendliness will roll on. You know? And from that translation, you get the sense that metta is actually a power. You know, it's not a weakness to be loving. It's actually a strength to not have one's heart and one's intentions determined by what's happening around one or what someone else deals up. You know, to have that strength and uh, fortitude and consistency of love is a really powerful thing. That also can be inspiring for you in your own practice when you reflect on the experience that you had of receiving the wishes from the benefactors or from the mentors, you know, from whoever it was who loves you a lot. 
And, uh, you know, it could even be sometimes a small child or even if you see yourself through the eyes of your dog or, you know, something who sees you as, like, awesome and, you know. (laughs) It's like just getting that sense of, like, connecting with your own beauty and uh, goodness is really helpful to do that. And then both to recognize in yourself so you can wish well for yourself and connect with that, but also to inspire you about what's possible for all of us. You know, that all of us have the potential for becoming these beacons of metta in the world, you know, these fountains of loving kindness. So we can actually offer that to people that we know, to young people, to our friends, to our colleagues, to strangers, you know. And it's such a beautiful gift to be able to give that to other people. So as we practice, we'll run up against different obstacles to metta and really in some ways, what we're learning about is clearing away the obstacles such that the metta can shine forth. So as Sally was saying, you don't have to, you're not sort of concocting it in some ways where like clearing away the brush you know, from the fountain of metta that's already there. Let that come forward. So I'll see briefly if there's any questions about the technique that we did today. So both the reflecting on your own goodness or uh, about the visual one. Uh, if that's helpful, or something that happened during this meditation that was difficult or puzzling. Yeah. What happens when judgment arises? arises? Did that arise in relation to yourself when you're trying to come up with the good qualities? Yeah, so the benefactor of being very loving towards you, but you couldn't buy in. So then there was sort of a, a judgment, the counter-judgment that came up in yourself. Yeah. Uh, then, I mean, this is a very creative, can be a very creative practice. So you can actually just try and tune yourself, yourself out, you know, <laughs> and tune in particularly to what the benefactors are saying. You know, uh, It's almost like if you were actually in a conversation with them and they were saying things to you, like it would be rude for you to interrupt and be like, But no, that's not right. So it's like actually kind of like that. Like just, you know, your job would be to be quiet and to actually receive that. So allow yourself to receive that as much as possible. Right? Yeah. And if judgment comes up very strongly, though, you can also, you know, notice that. And sometimes you can kind of shift also to recognizing that judgment is there. And even holding that with a sense of metta. So like, oh, that's hard. Like, look, there's some ne- a lot of negativity here. It's difficult. So actually even relating to that which is arising with some sense of metta can be uh, helpful. Is it okay to change benefactors periodically? Uh, So I would say like for one period of uh, meditation at least to keep the same benefactor. Uh, And in fact, it can be helpful to keep them sort of for a day or something like that. So one reason I say that is because sometimes it's just the habit of the restless mind, you know, that's like getting tired of this one and wants another one or something like that. 
so as we're, we're cultivating this practice, this sense of, um, it's always like this sense of dedication. You know, it's, a, it's actually a devotional practice. So if we let the mind be too jumpy, like pick this one and then dump them and pick this one and then dump them, you know, then we're kind of colluding with the restlessness of the mind or the non-collectedness, you know. So I would say also like if you have, you know, you've done a little bit of reflection about it and you've picked one, even if at some points there seems to be a bit of a dry spell with them, um, still stick with it in some ways, you know. you can even allow yourself to imagine to connect again with that person, your relationship, and then come back again. I was telling some people in the meetings today that we do this sometimes in retreats for long periods of time. So I've done many like three-month retreats with this. And in that case, you pick one benefactor who you keep for six weeks. Uh, so that's the person that you work with as your metta object, like morning, noon, night for six weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, When you wake up, from the time moment you get up, all the way through walking, sitting, like that. And, I mean, in some ways, like any relationship, you know, there's sort of ups and downs with that. But also the strength of the metta just grows. Uh, so there's a lot of helpful lessons to be learned, I think, from um, sticking with one to some extent. Right. Does that make sense? The group thing that we just did. To include the group as in the way that we did. Yeah, I mean, you can do that. Um, actually, as we go through the categories, you know, I so said we go through the neutral friend, neutral difficult person. Actually, in the end, we kind of get to a group category. And here also we get to see the way in which our own hearts are constructed, our own kind of uh, map of our own hearts. Some people find it's actually very easy to do the group, but very hard to do one individual. And some people find the opposite, right? Like it's easy to wish well to one, but harder to wish for a group. Uh, So since the the instruction is basically start where it's easiest and let that in, if the group kind of thing is an easy way in for you, um, start there. It can be that focusing on one individual tends to develop more collectedness, you know, sort of concentration collectedness, and also can be sort of a rich field for uh, seeing all the variations that happen within that. So uh, I would say not to abandon the individual, but if it's helpful to begin with the group, then you could also do that. And particularly in this format where it's like taking in that, you know, feeling the the well wishes from others, they can sort of um, help you to connect with that yourself. So you can play with this, uh, be creative with it, and uh, yeah, just a stick to itness as much as you can. It's it's a practice of uh, patient, persistent love. Yeah, and just like in those who have done vipassana practice, it could be you know a thousand times you find yourself forgetting what you're up to or in something or other. It's actually totally fine. Just bring it back, connect again. Also, for those who are noticing that sometimes you're feeling the opposite, you know, sometimes you're feeling like actually, oh, a lot of irritation or this or that. It is actually a purification practice. 
So if those opposite things are coming up, it isn't necessarily a sign that you're doing it wrong or something bad is happening. It's just the heart uh, going through its, its motions. So don't worry about it. Just keep going. Yeah. So thank you for your attention and practice. <laughs>